Hello, Sorensen Sound. This is the first New York episode. And for some reason, I'm talking even quieter than I would in North Carolina, even though I know this is for a fact. Place where simply nobody would care. But that, I think, is what will enable me to not give in to the waiter effect so much. But I am currently uh, walking to join my friend for a section of her her big walk. She does one every year. And last year, I copied her idea, and I did one around London. I did, like, 30 miles. But at the end, my phone wasn't tracking my steps correctly, because I knew for a fact, like, based on maps, that I had gone, like, three miles, and it said I had only gone half a mile. I did not consider that there would be train noises. Um, so I knew that it was just incorrect. And... Ultimately, I just kept doing, like, mile-long laps until my phone said 30, because I just wanted it, my phone to admit it for some reason. Um, I'm going to change streets just so there's no more greats, or sounds something great. Um, but yeah, so I definitely walked more like 40 miles, but <laughs> it was only counting 30, and I was broken by the end of it. And it is 31 degrees Celsius right now. Um, so it's a little brutal. But I'm gonna walk for a bit before I take the train the rest of the way up to meet her. And we'll see how it goes because at my birthday dinner last night, it was kind of, it was fun, but it was kind of interesting because like a lot of, like a lot of my friends have like met each other one on one, but nobody has met everybody, if that makes sense. So there is a lot. And then there's, like, some of my friends that <laughs> didn't know anybody else. And then there's, like, a bit of, um, like, time differences and arriving. So um, you'd get, like, used to the... You'd settle into a vibe, if you will. And then, bam, new energy. And <laughs> it's fun. But... Yeah, what was I saying? Oh, so it'd be like I would catch up a little bit with everybody individually. It was also kind of nice to do a dinner being just like while in town instead of like individually seeing everybody because as much as I do value like those individual connections so deeply, it was nice to just be able to like do it at once, honestly, because there's like little catch ups and all my friends are kind of similar to me in the way that for the most part are somewhat private people um and it's weird because like I have a connection with each of them so I'm happy to be like as open as I want to be but then I'm the only one being like particularly open for the most part which is just kind of like a fun dynamic um because to anybody else at face value it seemed like I was oversharing but it's like it's my birthday I'm gonna tell you every detail of my car crash um, <laughs> so, but it was fun to just like get a little glimpse into everything. I had brunch with one of my friends who was at the dinner last night, and now I'm gonna do the walk with another one of them. And it's been nice to kind of get whoa uh, that preview, if you will. So yeah, but that is something I was kind of thinking about today. Is so. Oh, and also, 
I didn't, so yesterday when I did, I was hanging out with Divya. I'm always saying her name now because I said her name before. And so for the sake of concluding a storyline within the podcast canon, um, I told her about the podcast, so I completely forgot to record an episode. But we had such a lovely time. My friends gave me the nicest cards. And everybody gave me, like, journaling writing supplies, which I don't know why I didn't expect, but that was, it was lovely. I appreciate it greatly. Um, but the cards made me so emotional, so lovely. And, yeah. So, that was good. But we just walked around. It was also really hot yesterday, but it wasn't as bad. I think it was 28. But the thing is, I've gotten used to, like, the North Carolina version of 28, which is still, like, sweltering to a large degree. But here, the air is just so contained with all the buildings, because I spend most of my time in Manhattan, um, where it's not as flat or as open. But um, it's also just, there's so many people. You have the sewer air coming at you all the time. (laughs) Um, So... It's, it's a lot hotter than what, what the, whoa, that was crazy. I've never seen packages delivered like that. I don't know how to describe it other than like a little conveyor belt into a basement from a ground level window, kind of funky. Um, so yeah, sorry, this car is trying to turn by car, I mean, ambulance. But anyway, I could not, like, with the friend that I saw for brunch today, I could not, like, assess the vibe super well. I don't know, because, like, her and I were both kind of, we're very similar. Um, there's, uh, I've heard the name of the app now, but there is, I'm trying to remember it. Dimensional? Yeah, Dimensional. But her and I were, like... 90% similar and so it's like we both try and be accommodating and like read the other person and adjust to their energy but when you have two people that are like that it can become a little bit like contentless it can become about like the act of like like the whole thing is meta without anything to get meta about is what I'm trying to say so um yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't tell what the vibe was, one second. But basically, I think because we're so similar in a lot of ways, and it seems like we have like similar difficulties also with people, that there are some things I do that like she, I think she like respects me, and I think it's kind of, in a weird way, kind of difficult to have like respect in a friendship. Um, because then it holds the other person, I guess, accountable. And on the one hand, this, like, makes me want to do better in our friendship, especially now that I'm in a place where I know I can. Like, I do. I, and I'm, like, very cognizant that, like, I want to put in more effort. I want to be there for her because I do feel like I've let her down. So I guess that's a way in which, like, respect does work. But at the same time, that's... It feels... Like, I'm not the kind of friendship I'm used to where it feels more conditional in a way if you have someone that could be disappointed in you um 
but then at the same time I'm like I just want to be a person I don't want to have to like be like because we're similar be something like stand for something more I guess um oh I'm passing a place that I've had on my maps for a long time as I wanted to go to cool I hadn't seen it in person, or at least I hadn't noticed it. So, it's cool. It's called Milu. Milu. Milu, I think. <laughs> M-I-L-U. It's not anything exciting. Someone just said that it was, like, good and inexpensive. I need to talk louder, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was like, oh, I'll try that. But it's right near where... Right near where... I used to work in Midtown, um, by Madison Square Park, ah, and, yeah, so if I still work there, I'd probably go get lunch eventually, but otherwise I don't have much of a reason to go to Midtown, and also, this morning, I took, um, I got off the, I, long story short, Times Square snuck up on me, like, first thing this morning, essentially, that is the worst feeling in the world to accidentally end up in Times Square because like in my mind I will remove it from my mental map in my hand because I just don't want to think about it and then that's how you end up accidentally and you're like oh fuck why is it suddenly so touristy and then and then you're in it and it's the worst feeling ever um yeah so it's kind of weird trying to understand the energy when there's like nothing to latch onto because like I wasn't going in feeling any type of way um, so that like I couldn't even assess what I'd brought to the table that might alter things and it was just kind of I don't know it was just kind of strange like I still had a good time but I was just so thoroughly bamboozled and I don't know but at the same time I think me like effectively letting her down even though and this is where it's like a little weird is because I'm not gonna like detail it because I don't wanna (laughs) I don't want to um but like the thing that kind of split us was that like I was essentially because I left New York um and like, it, the impression was that, like, I would not, and I hadn't planned on it, and, like, I don't feel, it's complicated because people tend to, and, like, to some degree, like, rightfully so, only view their relationship with you in a bit of, like, a tunnel, where it's just your relationship with them, and so, while, like, she understands this, and, like, the reason I don't feel bad, or as though she like should be let down but that, like this is where my perspective of like should or shouldn't doesn't matter because she had an expectation and I do not live up to it um and so I would like to reconcile that and do what I can is the, is the point is that like I had to leave New York to take care of my mom and that's just something that I had to do and in the tunnel of my relationship with my mom you could say that that's like all my mom saw like she and it is my job I think to not let anyone in my relationships like see how my relationship with them affects others so like I don't want my mom like I'm not going to talk to my mom about this because I don't want her to feel like guilty 
knowing that a friend is hurt, even regardless of if they quote-unquote should or shouldn't, that doesn't matter because someone is hurt. And I don't want her to feel bad about that, just as much as I'm not going to, like, with this friend, be like, oh, but you shouldn't feel this way. Like, it's for my mom. Like, she, <laughs> she had surgery, you know? Um, so I'm not going to use that as a scapegoat either. I want to always be held responsible in that way. It's very important to me because care so much about those individual dynamics and I think it can become too easy to make your life a monotonous story if you're like well I did this for this reason there's no like complexity there and I think in making a decision it's important to prioritize those differences in understanding um but when you're like dealing with the after effects when you're moving forward with people I think it is important that you understand all those implications, what things mean to them, if for no other reason than you understand the person better. So it's kind of weird how easily you can tell when someone's like tuned in or not on the sidewalk. Even if there is a lot of people, like you know when someone's listening. And it's just, I don't know how to like verbalize that sensation of just seeing someone being like, oh, like they're tuned in other than something obvious, like turning their head when you say something a little interesting, but just in passing, knowing who's like checked in and checked out. Again, beyond obviously, they're looking at like, their phone, they're not looking. But like, if someone was in conversation, for example, and you could still tell that one party was super, or even if they're talking a lot, there's just always some like in- intangible element, I think, that you can kind of see. Um, and that's part of why I, if I'm walking, I'm always very into, I'm the nosy one. Um, but that's, that's the fun part about New York is like, you're never going to be walking alongside or past someone long enough to actually get like a full check-in. And that's why like the overheard things are so funny because it's nice to try and piece together a story of what comes from that. Uh, so, but Yeah, I really enjoyed being back in New York. When I, before I went traveling and everything, I was really sick of the city, but I think that's because the whole fall, I just didn't want to be there because such a big, this is something I talked to Debbie about, such a big part of me was still, like, confused why we weren't in London. It's like, why is my body not, like, where my heart is, essentially, you know? Um, And so every, like, step that I took here... I always felt like I was moving in the wrong direction. I always felt out of line with my intentions. Um, and now that I'm like, this is a built-in intermediary period, I feel comfortable here again. Um, and especially because I at least like know that my next step like for the summer is to be here. I'm letting my, like I feel comfortable and I'm sure that a big part of it as much as it was also like missing land was not knowing my next step so I didn't want to get comfortable just to have to leave um so feeling feeling cozy again feeling so it's so nice that everyone's so people are great is what I'm saying I love people they're so fun um and it's so nice to have so many to analyze so many to be like to look at their clothes and be like oh I like this so fun 
Um, sometimes you don't like it, but again, you keep it to yourself. That's okay. And you have to understand that you not liking something doesn't say jack shit about that person. It just says you don't like it. That's all it is. Okay? Okay. I'm glad we had that talk. Um, yeah, I'm walking to the train. I know I said that, but I could technically get on at this stop. I probably should. I'm trying to assess quickly if I have other things pressing matter that I wish to discuss or if I should walk another 10 blocks to the next train. Oh, this one also says downtown, but I have to cross the street, but I'm just gonna do this when I cross the street. Get my live deliberation. But yeah, so sweaty, so warm. I missed it a lot. And I'm also, it's nice to come back after a time because as much as I'm still so familiar, you're still, you're forced to be slightly more aware as you sink back into a different mode of understanding because the way that I like have lately started to describe living in New York to myself is that you, it's a perpetual suspension of disbelief because if you were to question like every small thing you saw, you literally would not leave the block you live on. Like, you're like, this is also strange. Like, they, it lacks so much social convention, or rather than that, I think it involves its own. Where just like city living in general, like you, you get you let a lot more slide than you would otherwise because it's just the culture. Um, so in this readjustment to the culture in this like mid code switch, if you want to say. Um, but like a lifestyle one rather than just like vernacular and conversation um, is okay well I want to finish this before I go on the train um, is that it get, lets me soak in a little bit more that I had taken for granted just in like that initial like refine tuning of the skill um, and I think that's really helpful I think it's good to leave and come back place and that's part of why I love travel so much as much as it is about the actual destination of the place you're going it's nice to have a kind of return arc and that's why like in all like like the storytelling things um they're like oh there's always like a return to self there's a return to a place um bro was singing loud as fuck not that I have not done that but doesn't he know I'm recording a podcast here in the middle of the street um so yeah. Yeah, we gotta go back. Just the coming back. <laughs> Everyone out here is too young. Also some lady today, she was probably like 25, 26. She called me a sweetheart. I said, I'm 22. And then like I do realize that I am in fact dressed like a little boy. Um I'm wearing my jorts, my tall white socks, Onitsuka Tigers, and a big old t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> don't watch um, my little Casio I'm giving it I'm giving my best little boy New York skater little boy impression um, <laughs> I was like fair enough but I do think my face looks older and this is I don't think I entered with this I should have just kept walking um, but I this is the first age where I feel older I usually am like oh it's just a day but something like I just feel at peace, I think I have felt like this building up for a while. Um, like I said before, New Year's, I thought like I was 22 already. 
and now I've just been kind of reconciling it, and I think there's some mental piece where I was just like, once you turn 22, everything's okay, and now that I, I'm like, I, this is just placebo, <laughs> placebo aging, <laughs> I'm like, I'm older now, I'm chill, and I genuinely feel like, I'm not anxious, I don't feel as though there's anything I have to fear, I don't have to act out of that kind of insecurity, I feel very, like, calm, I'm chilling, but I am gonna go, okay, I love you, I guess this has gotten to be a somewhat long episode, maybe this will exist on its own, okay, I love you. Have a little more time walking through Central Park, shopping on the other side. I felt like I wanted to like clarify further. So this friend does not like hold it against me, but it's clear that there's like she. F- it feels clear that there's something where she's like, oh, like I thought this is how it is, or this changes something in her eyes. I guess is what I'm getting at. And like I very much respect that. And even though to be in line with what she wanted, I would have had to act differently. This is in line with my values, which is why I stand by it. And I think this is where a lot of people get into disagreements because it can feel like your values are no longer aligned because you show something differently because I do still very much value our friendship and that's why like, going forward, now that I've like realized that this was such like, um, a, it, was, it was a deeper thing for her. I want to put in that um, effort even more because I care. Sorry, I get distracted. Because I care a lot. And so what I'm trying trying to figure out a way to say, but it's like if there's a situation where it means a lot to somebody in one way, if if it's nothing to you to just like support that like instance for them like if like I would have stayed if my mom did not get surgery and then everything would still be aligned because something in a separate relationship which I do not want to affect this one or do not want to use as a scapegoat occurred um, that's where the divide is but I don't think that's like cause for an end and I very seldom think any kind of difference in that way is cause for it, unless there is, like, an agreed, shared-upon value. Like, if we both were, like, if this thing, if, like, this particular instance, if one of us, like, leaves the city prematurely, if we both had, like, said, like, then, that, like, oh, that means whatever, then that's what it means, because that's what you agreed upon, and I think then that's where betrayal is kind of not black and white, I guess. Not that this is betrayal, but I just feel like I'm going against um, something, some events of value. So, yeah, I just very much want to give, like, just say, like, I've done my due diligence. Oh, I hope you can hear that. There's a, a school pipe band performing in the park. There. It was cool. I was just walking. I heard bagpipes. I was like, what? Where did those come from? It's kind of fun. So, um, yes, I just wanted to give, like, deaths 
side of things because the only relationship she should care about is the one with me because she doesn't have the relationship with my mom because why would she? So it's in that way where it's like you should care about your relationship and sometimes that is all that matters when someone's trying to see the big picture. It's like, great, like I get that, but I'm still hurt for this reason. What can we do to fix that? And I think a lot of people don't ever want to admit that they're wrong because it can kind of feel like admitting your values are out of order, but to me, that's not the case because... Like, there's no such thing. Like, your values are your values. It's arbitrary, always. Um, and when it's arbitrary, there's no right or wrong. So, um, it's just, I still value this, so I still want to fix it. So I still want to know what there is I can do because I can admit that in this way, I have let her down because that's not, that's not negotiable. If someone feels that way, then that's how they feel. Think about it. How so, with any kind of disagreement to sort of be like, okay, what can I do to fix this thing? Things, things in isolation can be very helpful, I think, is all I'm getting at. <laughs> Understanding how people work in that way is good. But sometimes you do have to realize that, like, there could just be a mismatch. Like, I'm not saying that there is in this instance, but just in general, there could be a mismatch of how much you value this one thing for another but then it's good to clip a miscommunication it's good to be like hey like I I like I care about you a lot but this is the way in which I'm able to support you and if that's not what you want then maybe like we shouldn't be friends maybe this or that and I think it's only a misalignment of values or of showing it or of like interest and care I think that's the only time where things need to end and to me that like takes into account when people do like something like, horrible to you because that very innately shows they don't give a fuck so but again nothing of that sort here this is me just trying to like take something from a moment and expand it and make it useful um both for myself and others i'm big sweaty now also so thirsty oh, but it should be oh my god it was a chunky baby. It looked like an alien. It was so bald and pale. Um, <laughs> sorry to the child, but it did. It was given Michelin ma- man meets Mega Mind. Um, okay, yeah, that was our little addition. Very grateful to have an excuse to walk through the park right now. So many of the cherry blossoms are in bloom, and it's nice that I'm kind of getting to witness that a second time because. Like I said previously, in North Carolina, where it's was it's been this one for a while, that was already occurring, but now it's cherry blossom season here. And I'm here now. Look at the little extension. Having a good time. So <laughs> time to commence more walking. Ugh. Okay, okay, slightly more thoughts. But I think it's also important to communicate. I think despite not wanting to use things as a scapegoat. I'm someone who just, I so adamantly believe in not making any excuses that I have a tendency to not even explain my decision-making, which I think still allows room for miscommunication. Um, (laughs) That seems obvious, but to me, it was just always trying to take on um, another person's, like, not wanting them to have to think about me, worry about me, not whatever about me. And not that they would, not that they should, if all I did was share my side of, like, my decision-making. But I do think it's important to be like, hey, 
so just so that they understand that it's not your intent was not to harm their values and that's not to neglect the effect that it had so I can be like I had no like malintent in leaving I'll like truly the only reason I did leave is that like I wanted to take care of my mom and if that hadn't been the case like I would be in New York like that's what would happen um so like showing your side is important so that they understand and then you can close the gap in the other ways while still addressing like the harm that it did have if that makes sense um yeah because both sides are involved in a misunderstanding you know so yeah close that gap but i think i just got a text from the friend i'm meeting because i was looking at her location and she should be here soon so yes and even this time like i haven't i felt like i was clear but because i i tend to think i'm clear but then sometimes i realize i don't explain myself at all and i also feel like i have a fear that like explaining a decision will come off as um like defensiveness um but it is very like tone-based and i know that that's not it so again nothing to fear i'm 22 we're chilling um (laughs) it's a good time but yeah just not being scared that i also feel like i probably don't share in case people like still don't support me because i think that would be hard to be like oh like i did this take him out and then someone's like you're crazy and like obviously she would not do that um because i would not be friends but that is an opportunity also to like i would not be friends with someone who was giving me that kind of slack that kind of shtick because that then again that that does present the misalignment of values so you just shouldn't be afraid to like share your genuine approach to something ever um and like that kind of it's not conflict when you're having a conversation it's conflict when you're coming from defensiveness when you're coming from a place of fear when you're not talking about things um so if you just come into any conversation very open genuinely just like ready to like put work into it i think it's fine i think like i genuinely don't think anything whatever not work out if both people are always like just committed to being open and you can tell like somewhere to like passing someone on the sidewalk when they're into the moment or not and it can be like you both people do have to be ready for any kind of conversation to take place so someone's like very clouded in narrative whatever i i tend to not engage and i don't know if that's the right approach per se um because I don't want to further it, but I do want to hear someone out. So it's like, oh, like, I feel like you're doing this thing. I feel like this, like, I don't want to, because if I know that's not the case, I'm not going to affirm that, but I want to listen to someone because it's important to have them feel understood, especially if they're like struggling with something. Even if you understand that that thing is not about you, it is being projected onto you based on like a fear that was grounded in the past um but at some point you do kind of just like have to stop living in those stories and you they like you both have to come to the present and i'm just ready to be in the present with everything i think that's what i was trying to get at before when i was like oh 
I'm kind of bored of myself. <laughs> like, I just want to, like, go, like, make friends, whatever. Um, and before, I think I said this in the, one of the last podcast episodes, not this one. But, hello, little birdie. Hello, little sparrow. Um, so, yes, just trying not to live in narrative, live in the present. Because having a narrative makes... It consists of a singular timeline It collapses life It makes it so short So just always be open and understanding And dynamics are fun To unpack So deal with people you care about And people that inspire you And probably have a pretty happy life I think So yeah I guess also to explain Like the proper downside If you will Of engaging with someone When they're still acting from fear Of like being like what are you talking about like that's like some, if something seems outlandish or like like an accusation against you by engaging in it by becoming defensive it to that person then validates their perspective because you're like oh like why would you even, like if it's like if something were truly outlandish like you wouldn't give it the time of day in a way so just being like coming into a conversation be like I want to hear you out like I want to understand where you're coming from because like it can't be fun like on, like it, having been someone that has like very fear-based mentalities gets very anxious can like creates lots of stories like it's not fun to think like that you know um so just being like a comfort to the person even if the projections are about you of being like oh like that must be like really difficult like thank you for telling me um even if it's hard to hear sometimes and that's not an excuse to, like, let someone bash you because they should still talk to you like a person. But hopefully at the end of, like, that kind of talk, then you can have one where they're no longer clouded by fear and they, like, can just realize that you're being supportive. And I do think it can be. So that's why I think it's, like, actively harmful to engage with someone's fears. Um, but I think it's important to hear them and understand them. So, yep. That's that's my little take <laughs> on interpersonal dynamics, baby. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think was that a seashell? No, it's not. Okay. That was gonna be so so. I was so confused, but I was going to affirm my confusion. Um, yeah. Because I care so much about people and I care about maintaining those relationships and it's nice to kind of talk this through because I feel like you, I feel like it's important to understand how you, I guess that's conflict resolution, but I like, a lot of mental images came up for me and how I like map this type of interaction and though I don't want to adhere to a formula because that in a way also reduces what a conversation is allowed to even be. Uh, if you've decided a form which must take shape, it's important when you don't know where to go because a conflict is only happens when like one or effectively both, if not already both parties are like a little confused about a situation about where things stand or feel at odds. So it can be nice to have like a guide, but guides are exactly that. It was so life-changing when I was doing my... Um, like editorial work and I realized that you could reject an edit 
I was like, I don't have to just blindly accept what other people suggest that they would say my story is better because like stories are better according to each person. And it's like, no, I'm going to break this convention so I can have this like commentary, like X, Y, Z. Like you can do that. That's so fun. You just have to know that it was on purpose in a way, or sometimes like that happens on accident, like subconsciously. But if you're able to like stake a claim, sick. Rock on, dude. And so if you think that... I, although I feel like my guidelines are pretty bare bones. Pretty, like... Pretty good. Um, not to moralize, but like pretty useful, I guess is what I'd say here. Um, because I keep it... It's like very relative guides. But, um, yeah. Like if for some reason there's a situation where you both agreed upon a meeting then whatever and you decide to like keep working on it instead of taking it as a sign of disrespect then like maybe make that like a three strike rule <laughs> maybe only let people disrespect you a handful of times because even when your relationships are the most important thing uh you still want to there's a little wedding party taking photos cute um but even then like those relationships, you're a part of them. You have to take, as much as you want to take care of the other person, you have to take care of yourself in it as well. Because then there is no dynamic because it is, I think on a very large level, a bit foolhardy to believe that, like as much as you should curate your individual, like instinct, your individual life in any kind of like partnership, like again, familial, platonic, romantic. Um, and you should always be your own person but I think it's silly to believe that there or to think that there isn't any synergy <laughs> like there isn't like oh like we're going to this event together like going on a date together hanging out with a friend like those things you do together are life which you curate only between the two of you and that's you know that's a very beautiful thing but you gotta in what I'm saying in this case would be you can't live for their life or for the one you've made together you gotta have your own in order for there to be anything basketball woo holistic approaches I just did my shift of the walk and it was really fun it was nice I didn't go for that long I don't quite know when I joined but um I just did um like from the middle of Central Park to the top of Brooklyn was my little my little shift because I she's gonna she's continuing to walk to the bottom of Brooklyn but cutting off Staten Island which I supported I love every borough and I will never step foot or every borough except Staten Island I cannot say I don't love it I'm just saying I will never step foot there it's like a fun little game which is actually I thought it'd be like really easy but sometimes sometimes it's harder than you'd think. I'm trying to open Legos right now. Um, but it was nice, because there's two other people that were they're on my shift, if you will. Um, <laughs> but one was there when I got there, and one came after. And the one that came after, um, I met 
early year in college, like between sophomore and junior year, and we like got along well, but we just never really became friends, um, like properly, I guess you could say. And she was like great, but it was kind of funny to like come back together. How, like, a year and a half later. I've literally not seen her since, and she had deactivated Instagram. So, like, I just... And we don't really have mutual friends, so it was just like, oh, this might be a little loud. <laughs> I'm realizing now that I've, I'm doing the pieces. The other, like, silly thing is how am I going to take this home? <laughs> but that's okay. You get Legos, you don't wait to make them, is, is my theory. Um... But, yeah, no. So it was fun. It was kind of interesting because she hasn't changed a lot. And I feel like I have changed a lot in many ways. I've, I always feel as though I'm the exact same person throughout my whole life and at the same time entirely different. It's kind of hard to describe in some ways, but... I think it's more just maybe, I feel as much as I like to explore ideas, I like to explore values, I feel as though I'm very like steadfast in my ways. I'm very sure of myself um, almost all the time. And that's why it's so confusing for me when I'm just not entirely certain. Um, so yeah, just, at, at that time, I was working, though I was in, like, one of my few healthy relationships when I met uh, her, the girl, the friend of my friend, um, I was still, like, mentally processing the, like, really tumultuous relationship from my time at the start of college, and there's just, like, something there that I was very much working through and that really connected with the kind of more like lifelong pursuits of thought that she has and I think that made us like click really well then in terms of content even though I'm very much at peace and have like moved past that relationship because it's one of those things where I think I realized to some degree that just continuing to engage with somebody for the sake of like understanding the pain they caused you doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> like, I, on the one hand, like it makes sense because we try and understand things that have happened to us, and so that's why there's like the concept of karmic relationships where you just repeat the past until you've figured out why it happened. But at a certain point, yeah, I was like, you know, I'm not interested in, in furthering this thought. Sometimes people just do shitty things, and there's no excuse for it. There's not rhyme or reason. Like, nothing could satisfy the pain that you go through. And I was just sort of like... Like, I, I fully forgive him for everything that he did. And that's not a reason to continue thinking about a person to continue engaging in any way forgiveness is sometimes just that it's just I'm ending my role in a karmic relationship and I'm giving you the chance to like think about what my lack of participation means like what did I represent in your life that was making you act this way 
Like, what, what was I triggering within you? And my forgiveness, I hope, makes you work through that. And I'm not going to be there for it. And that's okay. Um, and I can just work on never letting that kind of energy back into my life and understanding why I was there. And, yeah, and I understand that I was just trying to make sense of other things, and that's why sometimes you're drawn to people who aren't good for you. And it kind of goes back to, like, the quote we accept the love we think we deserve and it's precisely that it's what we think we deserve because like nobody deserves anything um but it's when you've been if you're like treated horribly as a kid it's not your fault like you are a child even if you're like a little kid with anger issues that you don't know how to regulate your emotions as a kid that's not your fault and if your parents don't teach you how and all they do is like I, like abuse you in some way then it, you're never gonna understand that and it will never be your fault but at some point that like inability to confront your emotions as a child will become a habit and then it will be on you to correct that but it wasn't what happened to you as a kid is never it's not your fault um but you want to believe that there's like some reason for why you were treated poorly and then you come to believe, oh, there must be something about me which I innately deserve to be treated horribly. <laughs> That's literally never the case. I, we saw so many good little kids on this walk. There was this one little boy. He had the chubbiest cheeks in the world. He had a little bracelet on one wrist. And then I saw he had the exact same one on the other. His mom was carrying him. And then he just, like, a little rag doll just flopped onto her shoulder. Just looked like he was spaced out thinking about the world in Central Park. And, like... I'm sure all of those kids had some point have like some emotional dysregulation because they're they're kids they're going through life learning how to regulate and it's never it's not their fault that they like feel a certain way and you have to give them the tools to process that rather than punishing them for having a feeling um but because that's not the way most people approach parenting, they just take things at face value and try and teach like force and morality upon their kids of like this is bad then you make people feel like they deserve to be yelled at, to, they deserve to be treated horribly, or in like extreme cases, they deserve to be cheated on, they deserve to be assaulted, they deserve to be abused, and like nobody deserves that. That is never okay, that is never a behavior to be encouraged. And like personally, I never, like, it, it took that relationship for me to figure out, like, I, I had accepted, like, pretty appalling behavior before in my first relationship ever um which I've talked about uh, and that one just made me realize like I'm I'm not doing that again I there's no I don't need to <laughs> reenact assault to figure out why someone did it they were hurt they couldn't cope they were treated poorly they had an outburst it has nothing to do with me. I just happen to be the victim. I just happen to be whatever. And it's hard for people to accept that they just happen to be the one or one of many in a, like, in a lot of cases because um, it's pretty seldom that people who take on, that do things like that, have it as a single event. It tends to be pretty repetitive. Um, 
because it's something that they've ingrained in themselves. It's like, oh, I deserved this, so I'm a shitty person, and then they're going to want to follow through on being a shitty person and enabling themselves to, like, enact power on others and deceit. And I'm never going to... Like, I... That is boring. <laughs> like, bottom line, it's boring. Your trauma bores me. Uh, in so few words. Like, it's not my job for you to unpack that. Like, in general, I'm happy to help people work through, like, if you're close to me in my life, I'm happy to work, help you work through things. But that doesn't, the whole, if you, that's not an excuse for you to keep it up. That's not an excuse for you to, like, keep putting me in horrible positions that's just not how the, I really thought I was going to do Legos but woo, <laughs> I'm on a roll um, so yeah I was just like very much working through like trying to understand like why I even like occasionally would like catch up with this person for whatever like, re- like I was trying to like work through like why I was even trying to be friends with someone that treated me so horribly like there is nothing in that relationship worth honor there was not a single thing it was all based on like mutual pain and trauma that 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 was like the extent of their relationship and as much as you want to like be like what happened to you is shitty like that can be acknowledged but i i don't have to be there for that and gotta work with that on your own at some point tired of being a mother to these bitches <laughs> that's what i'm saying um and that was very much this, a lot of, like, what this girl, um, woman, I guess. I don't know how to address people. Because, to me, like, I don't have a preference if it's just, like, another woman slacking about me. Um, but I don't know what other people this age, like, 22 <laughs> is this age. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty clear. She, I, I don't I don't know, I was like, can I talk about this? But yeah, no, she just, she was dating this one guy for, like, a year at that point, and she just broke up with him after, like, two and a half years. And it was the same thing. She was like, I was just tired of being a mother, of teaching him how to, like, care about people, about how to, like, regulate emotions, like, what you weren't allowed to do as a child. And that kind of emotional labor so often falls on women because as kids, even though we aren't given the time of day, like any other child to express our emotions other people like the regulation of other people's emotions always falls on us because they're like oh this is innate but no it's still it's socialized and that's the reason why it's perpetuated um or why it continues or why it appears is that women are just better it's not because we're better it's because we're expected to it's like how a lot of people who are neurodivergent won't realize until later in life because of like masking and a large like there's like the rupaul quote of you're born naked and everything else is drag. Like, if you are, <laughs> like, alpha male, what's that guy, Joe Rogan? Um, and you're, like, wearing a suit to work in Fidei every day. Like, that's drag. That is, a, like, I don't know how, like, everything is drag. It's all socialized. And there's nothing, like, I mean, with that, I would take qualms with it personally. Um, but there's nothing, like, Uh, wrong with anything per se but it's just like you have to recognize that it's emotional labor that's being done and sometimes you just like I like I get where she's coming like she just wanted an equal she just wanted somebody that could meet her emotional intelligence and that's like fair like 
all, I realized um, in that healthy relationship I was in when I was with her, I was like, oh, I just really want someone that meets me, meets both my emotional intelligence and my like academic intelligence. Um, because those are both things I really prioritize. And I kind of realized that I think I had been flip-flopping a bit between both, where someone would, like, it was just never fulfilled in any way. So I never felt, like, pushed to be my best, if you could say, um, in a relationship, because I was always having to kind of, like, teach and do catch-up work, um, but not just about content, but about structure itself like how to have emotional intelligence or how to approach academics. And it's one of the, and it's like, if the, the, those are just very important to me. And so that's why I would put in the time to do it. But at a certain point, like you, it, it's just not there. Like there, you're just not. And sometimes like maybe, I, I don't know the depth of her relationship with this man. I just understand that, like, sometimes you don't want to, like she said, you just don't want to be a mother anymore. And that's especially after, like, years. And if they don't ever catch up, I guess you could say, like, give someone the chance to show that they're willing to, like, change or learn, not even change, because I don't like someone change, but in this case, very aptly, like, learn. If they're not willing to learn how to do something you like, then this goes back to, like, that's kind of just... Uh, non-compromisable like difference in value and that that is completely okay but it is that and that doesn't make it any less difficult but sometimes that just means it's time to go because otherwise for the rest of your life you're gonna be a little vacant in one area so yeah it's muy interesante but I think that's something that she's still like navigating for herself and personally for me that's like a little bit of a darker place to be in or I was at least in a dark place when those were the thoughts that I was exploring is maybe a more apt way of thinking it and it was just interesting how like immediately seeing her and the fact that like she's in somewhat of a similar like headspace it seemed at least topically again like I don't this is from a however long interaction with someone who I didn't know deeply in the first place but it just immediately like kind of brought me back there and it, that was something where I was really proud of myself where I like I've completely let go completely let go of it and that at the time like in in the wise words of Miss Taylor Swift I'm finally clean um like I I am and I'm not willing to take this shit from nobody so slow um I'm really itchy put on lotion um, yeah and then maybe build the Legos but it was nice seeing her and that's one of those things where it's like even if we don't have to be like friends like this doesn't have to be a connection that brings us together and it made me think and that's all I think you can ask for um, from another person oh my mom texted me but yeah that's all you can ask for in a connection Sometimes it can be just that a, a good talk doesn't have to tie you forever. It can just motivate you to think a little differently in that moment. And sometimes it comes back when you need to think about it again. And it's nice that life gives you those opportunities, that the universe 
like knows when you need something. Um, I trust, I, I don't know if I've said this explicitly, but I trust very heavily in the universe. I like, I think she knows what she's doing and I'm, I like, I don't doubt my own role in that, but I think it's because like, I, I'm like, I feel as though I'm somewhat explicit, at least to myself. Like I know what I want. I know where I want to go. Um, pretty, like I said, pretty much always, I'm pretty certain of everything. Um, for the most part, there's always exceptions to any rule. Um, so I put that out, and she just keeps the ball rolling. The ball will roll if, as long as you like set the intention of it. It seems like that's what my life's been, and so I'm just very grateful. Very grateful for all the people in my life. Um, yeah, so I was very happy to be able to join this walk, especially because I know it means so much my friend like this yearly long walk so it was nice to be able to assist in the the entertainment factor if you will um helping to process things a little a little group walk and talk a little a little gossip for the girlies <laughs> um a little eavesdropping too <laughs> it's fun when we just collectively go silent uh yeah, it's nice. And there's also, because we walked through Central Park at the beginning, there's a little river area, and there's little kids playing it. And I pointed it out, I was like, Pagata. So we'd like splashed into a little like creek thing a bit. <laughs> I think creek is more apt. There's like a little waterfall streaming into the sub, the, yeah, into the lake, not the reservoir. Um, and I spend a lot of time in Central Park, so it's fun getting to lead the way. Um, yeah. And I was the only one of us, I think, that had walked the Queensboro. I, I just, I was, I don't know why I said anything. I was the only one of us that's walked the Queensboro Bridge because I fuck with bridges. Although I will say the Queensboro is my least favorite. But today it was nice because we were going over Roosevelt Island where there's all the cherry blossoms and everything. There's also a lot of cherry blossoms as aforementioned in Central Park. Um, but then I also got to show them, um, where the little bagpipe concert was. It was fun. So, yeah, very grateful for that little walk. It was nice. But I'm going to respond to my mom now. We'll see if... You'll know by the the length of this podcast if there's more. Okay, so I apparently cannot, like, shut up. But to talk a little bit, I want to talk about my birthday dinner a little bit more. Because I realized that I was just referencing it in terms of, like, oh, like, I was interested in what sneak peek I was going to hear on the walk today or in brunch and whatever. And I was doing it for that context instead of, like, actually updating. Um, But I guess with this, there's also only one thing I really want to talk about. But it's that there's this one girl who came to dinner, and I, she's great. Like, I want to be, like, great friends with her. Um, how many times am I going to use the word great? I'm actually building the Legos this time, too. So that's fun. <laughs> but I've also decided that I'm just going to carry it, like, hold it on the plane. Uh, which will, it'll be goofy, but... When am I not, you could say? You could say. I could say. <laughs> anyway, um, but I want to be a lot closer to her because we only became, like, friends and, like, because we only met this last in the fall. This last in the fall. Um... So, but she is, like, we both like F1 a lot, 
and so we got to talk about that. And it's like it's really. I have a couple of friends that like F one, but and we're like we've watched races yet. But she's so like she's into it in the same way I am. Where I don't know how to. I'm gonna try and describe this. I haven't tried before, so I don't know how to like come out. I guess. But basically, this is interesting. So, we both obviously like the sport itself, but it's more than that. Like, we like, we think we find, like, the implications pretty fascinating. Like, she was telling me about this, like, there's a paper, like, a sociology paper done at, I don't remember what university she said. But it's, like, about, like, the kinds of fans that each... um, team brings as like a company if you will like a brand like what the brand attracts in terms of like team and how it's interesting that you could like transfer um drivers and you'll still get the same kind of like team loyalty and that's why there's always like oh like what team do you support but then what drivers do you like and it's fun to like between us to unpack like our interest in it in that way I think it's just really cool that there's someone that, like, I, I like taking that analytical approach as much as I like watching it as well. Um, so it's just really cool that I can, like, talk to her about those things, and it was really nice to have the opportunity to. Because as much as, like, you can text about it, that kind of conversation, I think, is just innately easier to <laughs> discuss in real time. Um, so just, like, very grateful for that and for a chance to, like, get to know her. And I honestly think that, like because everyone else I'm a lot like more deeply close with I guess you could say and there's like things that I could tell like other friends wanted to catch up on it was um and like some of them I got to but I didn't get to see everybody like one-on-one um it like it's easier to just Oh, I think it's, like, almost easier for her to be there because she, that we still have, like, a bit of a surface-level friendship, so everyone there, like, she only ever had to, like, interact a bit surface-level because she didn't, like, know anyone, really. And I was like, oh, like it, like, it was just interesting that that would become easier than it would be if you were, like, my closest friend or something. So, it's just, like, group dynamics, it's so cool. They're so fun to analyze. I think it's great, and that's, like, I'm... And it's. I don't think it's. It's ever surprised anybody that I'm an introvert. Um, well, that's not true. It, it does surprise a lot of people. It surprises people that I've like only met at like parties or something. Um, they'll be like, "Oh, like you're in, just because I'm like good at talking to people, and it's always that whole thing of like, it's so often misconstrued that like you're they misconstrue." introversion for like being antisocial um and that's not the I mean sometimes it is because like but that's one of those things where introversion isn't quote-unquote natural or it's not just like what arises it's like it's been taught or learned in some degree um as in like you you do it out of fear like it's not like you're just scared of people and I'm not scared of people I just like being alone sometimes (laughs) Like I, I love people. They're such, they're great. I, they're so fun. Um, so that's why I think it can confuse because I have such genuine interest. I just like need time alone to 
rebuild that interest. But lately, this is what I was saying earlier. I'm like, I don't know if I need some. I don't need. I don't need any downtime right now. Like it's the whole being present. I'm tired of my bullshit. Whatever. Back to that whole thing. Um, so yeah, slay. Um, I'm a little confused by what it's telling me to do now. Building orchids. <laughs> I love orchids. They look like the ones that I have. Um, yeah, the ones that my mom's already jealous of. Think about how jealous she's gonna be of these bad boys too. Um, I'm really proud of how I've done a good job with the my orchids at home. Because I don't always have a green thumb. Because when I when I was a kid, I always like tried to have little gardens and tried to do those things. I just forgot all the time. My mom keeps plants alive for plants alive for so long, but I have to remember to water her orchid. So tell me how that works, huh? Huh? How is oh? I'm a little silly, I guess. This is cool. Legos are sick. I don't know. I don't know, man. There's no other way to say it. Um, Legos are the bee's knees. But damn. I'll, I'll be... <laughs> I'll just be damn. My boy can build Legos. <laughs> That's about me. They're talking about me. <laughs> Whoa, this is so cool. <laughs> um, yeah. That might just be the only little extra thing that I really wanted to detail. Other than I can't remember if I said this and this is why I'm doing it again. But when I was with Divya, she was telling me that two of her roommates, because she told her roommates, she was like, oh, I'm going to go do this um, with Kaya. And they were like, I can't believe she's 22. Like, she's, they both agreed, like, just amongst themselves that I seemed like an ageless being. I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. I like that assessment a lot, actually. And I just, it was just fun. Um... Her roommates are great. I, they think they're amazing. They're so fun. She just, like... I think that she keeps, like, really great people around her. And that makes... I'm already, like, proud enough to be her friend. But it makes me feel, like, good about myself in a way. If that makes sense. It's like, oh, like, she keeps good company. Like, I... It's kind of like I wouldn't be allowed to stick around if I didn't, like, also... If I wasn't... Also didn't promote that same kind of energy, if that makes sense. Um, and it's really nice. It's nice to feel... Yeah, that's a good feeling. And sitting at, like, the dinner table with all these, like, with all my, with all, with most, a lot of my friends, not everyone, could make it. Um, and also not everyone's in the city anyway. Some people just aren't even in New York. Crazy hooligans. What, what would you do that for? <laughs> um, but it was, uh, I was just really proud of, like, the group of people that I had around me, and it was nice to kind of, because I tend to see people one-on-one, to see, like, the life I've accumulated here through the people that I care about. And I was genuinely nothing but proud, and I was so, like, emotional. I think I said this part, but, like, reading my cards. Um, yeah, and my friends, they just mean the world to me, and I feel like I've been talking about family a decent amount in the past couple episodes, and I always link it back to friendship and this was just a really great accumulation of those emotions and it made makes me feel like before coming I was so stressed out and I was like am I even going to be present enough like before I go tomorrow I have to text my cousin um but before I got like am I going to be 
present with my friends before I, and you can't help but be there and like be in the moment um and it's so great and now I feel so calm and I'm like very assured that like even like even if this is the last time I see some of my family like I still have people around me who I care about just as like deeply as holy everything like that and I can just it, it means that there's I don't feel as much pressure as I did like I, I didn't I don't feel pressure to be perfect so because I I always do this whenever I'm like scared of losing anybody in my life I try and become like perfect so that way like if it keeps trending towards going awry then it's not my fault I'm like I was perfect it didn't work blah 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 not my fault anymore but I also do that like to even more than that like that seems like the topical layer almost even though that's already a bit convoluted and a bit strange um it's topical because what it's really doing is allowing me to distance myself from whoever it is like because I'm not act like I'm not doing acting purely for my own intention I'm just trying to be whatever perfect version of myself they envision so yeah uh I hope it makes sense despite not making sense (laughs) and it's in that way that I'm a little perfectionist um I fucking love Legos man okay but I didn't bring my computer so I'm probably gonna ask to borrow a laptop so I can stitch this together um let's see but I now I do feel pretty content and I feel even though I didn't do the little reflection I think that I just like this attitude of like taking stock of the moment laying every little thought I have about my birthday and the little events out on the table um yeah I like this and I'm glad that I did it and I hope it makes you feel a part of it so because like I said I'm proud of all my friends and with the little I've decided that I'm gonna read a little thing for my family for my grandma's memorial and I just talk about how like I'm so genuinely proud to be my to be her granddaughter my my grandma's granddaughter would you believe that like I'm so genuinely proud of that and she's only ever like made me feel that way and I'm in that same way what I'm getting at is I'm so proud to be my friend's friends um so yeah that's all Thank you. I love you.